This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. James Cook running into the end zone unencumbered and doing a backflip as he crosses the goal line is becoming sort of a regular occurrence here for the Bills. Saw that yesterday. Cook was the star of a 31-10 win over Dallas. Markedly, this win, improving the Bills' playoff odds. Mike Schoep and the Bulldog here. It is Football Monday on WGR. We're joined by Eric Wood, who, of course, with Chris Brown and Sal Capaccio, had the call yesterday. Hi, Eric. Hey, how's it going, Mike? Pretty good. Pretty easy day for the Bills. This game might be different than almost any they've had here under Sean McDermott with Josh Allen for as run-heavy as they were, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Josh only threw the ball four times the entire second half and just 15 times on the entire game. And I got to applaud Joe Brady because when you have a weapon like Josh Allen back there, when you have weapons on the outside like Diggs and Kincaid and that cast and crew, it could be tempting to say, hey, I know the run game's going, but you know what? We're going to keep them honest and work in the past. But they simply stuck with it. And I got to give it to Joe Brady um, and Aaron Cromer. They designed an excellent run game plan, um, of which would be a lot easier with a teleprompter here right now to explain all the different nuances. <laughs> but, I mean, for the most part, what they were doing with shifting the running back, James Cook, side to side to get the proper matchups they wanted, which was running right at Marquise Bell, who's a 205-pound linebacker. And then they flip him on the touchdown pass to Cook to make sure that he's lined up against their bigger linebacker in man-to-man defense, and they run a deep out where he's wide open for the touchdown. I mean, it was masterful. It was an excellent game plan by Joe Brady. The offensive line obviously deserves their kudos today because I saw it this morning listed. There was four. James Cook averaged 4.2 yards before contact yesterday. Mm-hmm. I believe that's the most maybe in three years or maybe only – Three backs in the last three years have got that. Don't that 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 might that that one might not be a hundred percent back. I saw uh, uh, as I relayed that one, but the four point two yards before contact. I mean, that could be a hand touch, and so that offensive line was opening some gaping holes up there as well. Actually, yeah. Eric, I, I'm sorry, Bulldog. Ed Werder did tweet. He's the third player in the last two seasons to do that. Oh, I almost had it. <laughs> to average at least 4 <laughs> yards before contact on 25 or more rushes. So you're right there. You know, gotcha. I, I, I heard, almost had it. 
yeah, I, 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 I saw the same thing this morning and also did not memorize it. So, like, I was right there with you sort of feeling around, like, it's something like this. Yeah, that sounds right to me. Uh, how, how about them sticking with that run? McDermott even mentioned in postgame yesterday, Eric, that, you know, the temptation, like you're saying, I mean, he didn't get into it as specifically as you just did, but I, I think me, me as a fan, like, I'm watching and I know this is working and it's going great, and I keep thinking, okay, well, here comes the play-action dart 45 yards down the field to Diggs or Davis or something. Um I, I just – it must be hard to not want to do that or keep yourself from doing that, would you think? Yeah, absolutely. And that's why I said you got to applaud him for just simply sticking with it. And, you know, you put up 31 points in a game where you don't really have any truly short fields in the game of my recollection. These were long, methodical drives of just chunk plays in the run game over and over um, in the second half, they had an 11-play drive with just one pass play on the entire drive, and I believe that was a swing pass to Ty Johnson, so uh, essentially an extended handoff out there. And so the way they were able to stick with the ground game, and obviously you got to be executing, and when James Cook is averaging 7.2 yards per carry throughout the game, Ty Johnson averaged six yards a carry. It's easy. I say it's easier as an offensive coordinator when you're getting them in bunches. Um, I know you guys don't listen to the radio broadcast, and I'm not offended by that. But mm. the first play of the game, the Bills uh, gained two yards. And I told Chris, I said, the Cowboys are daring the Bills to run the football right now. They just have a six-man box. You have your starting nose guard, Jonathan Hankins, out of the game. They're light at linebacker. They are truly daring this Bills, this Bills offense to run the football and – Joe Brady took them up on it, and they went for 75 yards and a touchdown on that first drive. I will add this, um, and it would have been interesting to see because that first drive by the Bills gets extended by the roughing the passer. They have a punt almost blocked, and and that extends another drive, Mm -hmm. uh, another touchdown drive on the roughing the punter. And so they were fortunate with a few calls early on. Zach Martin retaliated um, after the hit on Dak Prescott, which wiped out one of the um, uh, penalties by the Bills as well. So some favorable calls early on, but you know, when you look back at that game, that's that's far from your lasting impression. I just made note of it early in the broadcast because there was three penalties that were, you know, uh, went in the Bills' favor that really helped them out early on. And there was a Diggs fumble that was not challenged or, or called on the field at one point in this game too. Eric, we know, I, I'm sorry everyone, we all know that this is fiction because the Bills do not get calls. So, I mean, I don't know what game you're talking about. <laughs> this obviously is not yeah, what exactly. happened. It's not what happened yesterday. <laughs> I can't wait to see how this season plays out, not in, not just in terms of the Bills, Eric, but this this point about teams adjusting to this extent against defenses that are built to stop the downfield pass. This has been a continuing topic in the NFL in a year where all these over-unders are really low and scores are... We don't even have snow games this year, but we've got low-scoring games. And what will happen when it's Allen, hopefully, Mahomes, Tua, Lamar Jackson, even Trevor Lawrence in the playoffs? Of course, Prescott and Hurts and even Purdy or Goff on the other side. Will this still be the way where teams are basically almost forced? I mean, I think in its in their core, teams always would love to win games like this, where it's just more you you feel it's more satisfying, right? Like it's a physical beating when you're running the ball on somebody and they just can't stop you. But this 
point you're elaborating on when it comes to the, the coordinator, how tempting it can be to start to push the hero QB button. Will, when we get to the playoffs, we see this kind of trend there? Because, um, you know, <laughs> I can't wait to find out. I don't know what else to say. I can't wait to find out to see if coaches will be disciplined like this. No, I'm right there with you. And look, there's going to be times where Josh Allen is going to be required to throw the ball more than 15 times in a game for the Bills to get a victory. Not each and every week are you going to be able to have that perfectly scripted game plan that comes to fruition where you're just raking these guys off the ball up front on the offensive line. Receivers and Dawson Knox had some great blocks yesterday. Ty Johnson had a nice block in 21 personnel where he was the second uh, running back on the field. And so it's not going to work like that each and every week. You know, a balanced attack is generally um, what you're going to be most effective in. And Shope, we've talked about it uh, on this, uh, uh, on our radio interviews weekly over the years that the NFL has kind of built the rules to make it easier to throw the football nowadays. So you have to have that element to it. And the bill certainly more than capable uh, of, of putting the ball in the air and making plays. But yesterday's an O-lineman stream. I mean, when you have a pass rush like the Cowboys do with Parsons and Demarcus Lawrence and a number of others that can really rush the passer, to only have 15 attempted passes in the game, that is a dream. And when the Bills did drop back the pass, Parsons was dangerously close. They had one sack in the game on those um, uh, on, on the dropbacks. But to be able to just enforce your will and then get the starters out, I mean – not lost in this for me is you travel on a short week to the West Coast, but you and you're playing a team that has added rest in the Chargers, and you get the rest of your starters, a number of your starters for the final 12 minutes of a football game. That is huge in the National Football League. Recognizing that you don't have the aforementioned telestrator to draw up what they were doing in the run game, Eric, something that stands out even just watching on TV, not studying, you know, play over play over play, like. Like a lot of people, and Dan Orlovsky comes to mind, uh, are prone to do in longer form breakdowns. The tackles pulling. Both guys, Dawkins and Spencer Brown, both had their moments. How common a tactic is that? I know the Bills have done some of it. It felt like that was the bread and butter yesterday. It was. And this isn't something that we really ever did when I was playing. And look, I played under Aaron Cromer, who I'm sure has a heavy influence in this run game set up him and him and Joe Brady. And so we really never did that. We had athletic tackles at time, but the way they're able to move across the formation in Spencer Brown and Deion Dawkins, they have a great athleticism and they've gotten a great feel for it. I'm reminded of a, a long James Cook run yesterday along the left-hand side. Spencer Brown pulls around and Micah Parsons, he closes down the line of scrimmage. So on that, he's going to try and hook him on the play and give James Cook an easy indicator to go outside. Well, Parsons crashes down so hard, Spencer Brown just stiff arms him, and he keeps going. He goes up and gets another guy at the second level. So he essentially accounts for two guys on a pull from the right tackle spot. And to me, they've just gotten a great feel for uh, those tackle traps. It also takes patience by a running back, and James Cook, just his vision and his patience and his timing has gotten so good to where when the hole's there, he's become great at taking the four to six yards. When it requires patience, when it requires waiting for a pulling tackle or a pulling guard, they pulled Mitch Morse at times yesterday at center. He's so great at kind of sitting right on their hip, waiting for the block to develop, 
reading the block to make the offensive lineman right and then screaming down the field. With Eric Wood, when Dallas had the ball yesterday, Eric, was there something that surprised you about how that went or that the Bills did that you observed that was particularly effective? I, I thought it was a really disappointing showing from the Cowboys offense. You, you you get a little bit on your heels up front, you know, of course. We've talked about this uh, many times. And the the time Prescott, in this case, needs to get the ball to his receivers is shortened. And now you're down 14 nothing, and the whole thing can kind of probably feel like it gets away from you pretty fast. But, man, 134 yards passing in a losing game script for a guy that's been so – you know, prolific this year is quite a number. Eric has had it with us. That's it. That's he, he's sorry. You you were cutting in and out. I oh, got I'm, you again. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, so on that Cowboys office, what what impressed me um, was one the physicality of the Bills defense. They were flying around. I mean, those bubble screens that gave the Bills fits earlier in the season. Their pursuit at all levels to get to the football and rally to the football was excellent throughout the game. And when they got there. I mean, the hits just kept coming throughout the game, you know, to the point where at times, you know, Taylor Rapp and some of the safeties are coming down and hitting guys so hard. You're, you're almost worried about friendly fire in those instances of, you know, please don't hit one of our guys as well as they're trying to make a play. But I thought the physicality on all three levels of the defense yesterday was great. I thought the protection or the, the, uh, the coverage on the back end of the defense even without Micah Hyde out there and you have Tredavious White lost for the year, you know, that, that, that secondary yesterday played excellent against a really good Dallas receiving core. I mean, they held all those guys in check. CeeDee Lamb ends up with seven for 53 in the game, but you know, some of that's, you know, late in the game when they're just kind of playing bed, but don't break letting the clock run out. But I thought the, I thought the, the coverage on the back end was excellent, which then helped this defensive line get to Dak Prescott, especially in the second half. There was a drive in the third quarter. That defensive line hit Dak on three consecutive plays. Pretty good shots. And, you know, that wears on a quarterback. That makes your internal clock just speed up a little bit faster than you'd like it to. And and I also saw some really nice, nice uh, pass rushes up front where this defensive line is working well in tandem. Uh, I think back to the one where Jordan Phillips has lined up his defensive end. Greg Rousseau's off the ball. He goes out and picks Tyron Smith. He wraps right back to Dak Prescott, and he gets the sack on that play. But Ed Oliver's rushing out the other side, which forces and, – and Von Miller, he bull rushes the left tackle to force him right into the stunt that they set up. That, and that, to me, was excellent. And, and I, I praise Joe Brady. I got to praise Sean McDermott as well because when you're playing against the top-scoring offense in all the NFL who over their last five-game winning streak – scored 33 or more points in every single one of those games, and you hold them to three points essentially in meaningful time, 10 points on the game, it was an incredible game plan. How about Taron Johnson, Eric? I don't know if I've ever said his name to you, maybe when he's gotten hurt. Um, But, man, if there's an unsung hero for this defense, uh, I feel like maybe it should be him. Maybe he should be fully sung. I don't know, man. I just think – he is just on the field all the time, and is just such a sure tackler. He's become a very valuable player for that defense. Yeah, and he, he has been for a while. We almost take him for granted because we right. see it each and every week, so we don't even necessarily bring it up. I had 
uh, a bunch of guests come in for this game from Louisville, some of them just casual Bills fans because of their allegiance to me. And that's who they talked about after the game on the defensive side of the football was Taron Johnson. They're like, how big is that guy? I mean, he lays people out, and he's running stride for stride then with C.D. Lamb. He's become such a valuable piece for this defense. Over the years, he's just allowed the Bills, no matter what personnel grouping the other team's in, at times, most of the time, they just stay in nickel because Terrence, uh, Taron is so good against the run in the past. He's he's an incredible ball player. One of my favorite players to watch each and every week. And then, you know, uh, at times early in that game yesterday, Tony Pollard was not getting huge chunks in the run game, but kind of peeling off four or five. Well, then what's Sean McDermott do? Send Taron Johnson off a perfectly timed blitz by him off the edge for a tackle for loss. Well, Eric, I mean, it's pretty much been consensus going back a couple of weeks, maybe after Philadelphia where the – the Bills really might have had their toughest look at a playoff berth with what was left in their record, the schedule. But everybody is kind of saying the same thing, which is let's just hope the rest of the AFC, let's just hope they don't get in because they have always seemed more dangerous than some of the teams, if not all of them, that they're competing with for wild card. So here we are this many weeks later, and you have wins over the Chiefs and Cowboys, still not to a playoff spot, the Bills. like They're still, I think, ninth maybe with the Bengals hanging on and Cleveland finding ways to win. I don't know. Like Now it's a couple of teams here in the Chargers and Patriots where I think now we'll be much more relaxed out here uh, about the whole situation. But um, it's interesting that they're not there yet for as good as they look. And I'm sure you'd say, too, that if I'm Kansas City or whoever in in the playoffs, I'd much rather play someone else. Yeah, if I'm looking around the NFL right now, maybe besides the 49ers, the Bills look like maybe the second best team in football. I know you got to show it over a longer sample size, but if you're looking at, you know, this uh, promotion of Joe Brady Bills, I'll say these last four games, I mean, no one wants to play this team right now. And, you know, this is a defense that really struggled after that Jacksonville game with all the injuries. And it seems like those guys that are getting a ton more experience, you had Russell Douglas, you had Linval Josephs, you had some pieces there to kind of fill in the gaps post those injuries. But, I mean, the way this this defense has been playing lately, and they're trending in a really good direction, this offense has always had, you know, this potential. And now that we're seeing more motion and more variety and this emergence of, James Cook as just an absolute weapon. This this is a team that that certainly no one is looking forward to playing right now. And yeah, the Bills could have sure used some help from the Vikings. I don't know if I've cursed at my TV as much as watching that game when they wind up on third and one with a tiny quarterback, a tiny center with a 200 pounder trying to push him from behind in an obvious sneak look. Like, what are you doing? Ty Chandler is going off in this game. Hand the ball off to him. So. Regardless, I won't get on a long rant about that, but I was about as ticked off as I've been watching a non-Bills game in a while. And then, you know, we didn't get as much help as maybe we'd like yesterday. But, you know, coming down the stretch, uh, I saw it today, 71% chance maybe to yep. make the playoffs. And it's, you know, they said it after the Chiefs win. It's, it's surviving advance right now. And I said it on one Bills live a few weeks ago, and I, or a couple weeks ago, and I said, look, you know, it, it wouldn't surprise me to see this Bills team win out and be the hottest team in football entering the playoffs. And you take care of business against two teams that you should be double-digit favorites these next couple of weeks. And we're going to have about as fun of a Bills-Dolphins matchup as we've had since maybe back in the Kelly Marino days with hopefully the division on the line. 
How, how much, if, if, an, if any, of a new coach bump, even though it's an interim coach, do you think the Chargers will experience this week, Eric? Uh, they could have a little bit of one, you know. And, you know, the, the fact is that even though it's not said audibly when – and I played under two interim head coaches, it's, hey, look – you know, we we obviously played bad enough to get our coach fired, but how do we prove that it wasn't our fault? And so this is an opportunity for them to say, look, we want to keep our jobs. We want to keep our salaries. Uh, you know, I like living out here in L.A. I'm, let's band together and try and shock the world against this Bills team. That becomes a lot harder when you don't have Justin Herbert, who will be out for this game, their starting quarterback. So it can happen, but I also think this is a team that just crumbled against the Raiders last week. So if you can get up on them again in the back of their mind, they're probably going to be thinking, here we go again. All right, Eric, next Monday is Christmas. So maybe we'll go Tuesday next week. Do you have everything uh, ready for the holiday? Everything is pretty much ready for the holiday. My wife, uh, as always, the MVP in our house in regards to uh, getting gifts and whatnot. And then this week, um, since my wife's love language is uh, going to Disney properties with this L.A. game this week. We are uh, going to travel out as a family on Wednesday and hit up Disneyland on Thursday and Friday. So um should be a fun week with the family out there. How does Disneyland compare with Disney World, by the way? So I actually prefer Disneyland. It's a lot smaller. And if you stay on property there, you can just walk right to the parks. And so it's a lot easier to manage in a day and like their version of Disney Springs, I guess, which is down in Orlando, mm-hmm. is right there next to it. So you have some pretty good restaurants and whatnot um, to eat whenever you leave the park and you're kind of walking back to the hotel. I liked it a lot. There's not as much to do, um, but I'm looking forward to it. My, my daughter, who's eight, she's gotten into roller coasters, so they have this Incredicoaster with a loop, and she really likes that one, and she's super proud of herself after going on it each time. So um, we had fun. We did it before the Rams game last year and so we're all looking forward to going back are the rides all different or different names or no there's there's some that are similar and some are different so like their tower of terror is a guardians of the galaxy theme um they have like a cars land so instead of test track it's like a a cars (laughs) ride okay um so there's some similarities but then there's some like you know different one-off rides um that they just have out there haunted mansion I'm not sure if there's a haunted mansion or not. Uh, as brave as my daughter is with the roller coasters, uh, she despises that one. She gets scared <laughs> there. So, she and I are opposites. Very good. Well, Merry Christmas, Eric. Thanks for your time today, and we'll talk Tuesday if that works for you next week. Yep, perfect. Sounds good. Merry Christmas, guys. All right, thanks. Cheers, man. Eric Woods' appearance here on WGR, part of Buffalo Bills Football Monday, brought to you by Northwest Bank. For what's next, get started at Northwest.com by Arthur Pressman. Your DWI and traffic attorney, don't mail it in. By Northtown Automotive, whatever you're looking for, you'll find it at Northtown. And by the Good Feet Store, don't just live with foot pain. Visit the Good Feet Store on Walden today. Lines open for you next, 803-0550. Sal, just after 5, to talk about the game and also some of the comments Sean McDermott uh, making this afternoon. He's speaking now. Mike Shope and the Bulldog here. It's Buffalo Bills Football Monday on WGR. And there's the snap, going to go over the left side, and he's into the end zone. Eric Wood playing soothsayer on a one-yard touchdown run by Josh Allen. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? 
Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.